Everything happens for a reason. We've all heard that before. We've probably all said it a few times, maybe more than a few times. Everything happens for a reason. But is that true? Is it biblical? Is it faithful? Everything Happens for a Reason is the title of a new book by Duke Divinity School professor Kate Bowler, except that the title goes beyond that phrase. The title is Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. Yes, lies, other lies. She's being facetious. Okay, so maybe it's not true. Maybe it's not biblical. Maybe it's not faithful. So Kate Bowler is 35 years old, and she's married at 22 to her best friend Tobin, and they have a two-year-old son now, and his name is Zach. And Kate Bowler, in the early season of a promising teaching career at her alma mater, Duke, has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. So here's what she says. One moment I was a regular person with regular problems, and the next I was someone with cancer. She writes about how was the, there was before, and then there was after. After meaning the only thing she could think about was the nasty cancer growing in her, taking up space not just in her body, but in every space in her imagination, a new and unwanted reality. Why was this happening? Where was God? What does this mean? But then those questions were drowned out by what she says she heard a thousand times. Everything happens for a reason. Or God is writing a better story. Or God is going around closing doors and opening windows. And she's wondering, wow, really? No. There are certainly scientific reasons involved with getting cancer. Our bodies are made up of cells. Cells are always growing and changing. And as cells grow and change in our bodies, cancer can also emerge. And for Kate, cancer cells were growing fast and with complexity inside her colon and spreading rapidly to other areas. So there is a scientific reason. But Professor Kate Bowler, as she shares so much of her difficult journey in dealing with this devastating cancer, she pushes back on the familiar and theological idea that everything happens for a reason. What could be the reason, she asks. What could be the reason? Because of sin? Because of unfaithfulness? Because God is unfair? Because, as she says, she never liked Brussels sprouts? As Kate says, when someone is drowning, the only thing worse than failing to throw them a life preserver is handing them a reason. Everything happens for a reason, maybe a line that flows nicely off our lips, but it's really not very biblical. It's not very faithful. It's 
It's really not very caring, not very loving. Certainly the people in Parkland, Florida, with deep heartache and unimaginable grief would not be helped by hearing everything happens for a reason. Those dear people in Parkland, Florida, add their horrific experiences to so many in this country who have been traumatized by unnecessary and shameful gun violence. What reason is there beyond the evil and, an, and the anger of a young kid with an AR-15? Certainly the families of those 50 girls, 50 more girls seems like this week who are kidnapped and missing in Nigeria, uh, more horrific victims of Boko Haram. Would, they wouldn't be helped by hearing everything happens for a reason. What reason is there beyond the pure evil of Boko Haram? And certainly you or your loved ones or church members who hear some terrible new diagnosis or confront some other life-threatening situation wouldn't be comforted by those words. Everything happens for a reason. The phrase is not helpful. It's not caring. It's not faithful. Here's what we do say. Here's what we say. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to God. Here's what we say. Neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation can ever, ever, ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this is the context in which we live. God's people, God's own, enfolded, blessed, held forever. This is the foundation and the hope of our faith. But those affirmations don't answer the why question, why cancer appears or why some students were shot and not some others doesn't answer why evil can be so prevalent and so destructive as long as we live. As long as we live, we'll keep looking for and keep trying to answer those questions. But the answer is not everything happens for a reason. We can all say and we should say God is certainly present and God is working through everything, everything. That's foundational to our faith. God never leaves us. God is always present. God is always at work. But that is different from saying everything happens for a reason. The hope, the focus remains on God and what God is doing. And God never lets go of us. We can say and we should say the Lord is our shepherd and the Lord watches over our coming and our going and the Lord is our rock and the Lord is our strength and nothing can separate us from God's love. But that's very different from saying everything happens for a reason. Some things just happen because of cells and growth and cancer. And they're part of life and they emerge in our bodies and the bodies of our loved ones. And that's the way it is. Some things just happen because of weather patterns and winds and tides and various elements. That's the way the world works. Some things happen because some people are intent on doing evil, and they can, like going into school with an automatic rifle or flying an airplane into a building or using nerve gas on innocent civilians or any number 
of other horrific events that we can think about. Evil is around. None of that should be attributed to God. Our society has a long way to go, and we are called to be God's agents. We're called to be partners with God, working on better ways to deal with the failings, the challenges, the horrific moments, the the violence, the tragedy uh, that rocks our world. We're called to work with God, and we have much to do. And God asks and expects that we put forth our best effort to find cures for cancer. And God expects that we put forth our best skills and our most passionate response to make the world safer create a society that has that's less violent and more wholesome our work our calling is to partner with God in the healing of the world so we keep supporting research and we keep advocating for better ways and we keep showing up for rallies and marches this is what God's people do keep speaking up and speaking out for a world that looks more like the kingdom of God not the horrors that have become so commonplace We've already heard some wonderful and inspiring words from Deuteronomy today, reminding us to love God and serve God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. God executes justice. We're called to be people who execute justice as God's people, especially tending to the orphan and the widow and the stranger because God loves them so much. We're to be about that same love and action, justice. Then let us hear these words with fresh insights from Ephesians, from chapter 4. I therefore, a prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just as now, there were a lot of crazy and dangerous things happening in the city called Ephesus, uh, where Paul's writing this letter. The city of Ephesus was the center for travel and commerce. There was a huge seaport in Ephesus. The roads in and out of Ephesus uh, led to the other major cities of the region and really of the world because it was a main thoroughfare. Ephesus was a very cosmopolitan place with lots of competing ideas and competing morals and competing priorities. So Paul writes to the people there from prison, he says, hoping that what people know about God, the one to whom we belong, the one from whom nothing can separate us, the one who is the foundation and hope of our lives, what we know about God, will line up with what people do and say as God's people. He urges the Christians, he urges us, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Paul shares what that looks like. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, especially working for peace. God is above all and through all and in all. Our lives are to be agents of God in the world. 
This week we note the death of evangelist Billy Graham. His permanent home is in Montreat, North Carolina. His house was on the same road where my grandparents built a home in the late 50s, Mississippi Road in Montreat. Another interesting footnote, Ginger's grandfather officiated at the wedding of Billy Graham and Ruth Bell Graham. In 1943, the Bell families and the Taylor families knew each other from the mission field in China, working for the Presbyterian Church. And we all know about Billy Graham's crusades and his, his passion, his fame. This week, on the day after he died, I got an email with words from Billy Graham. It says this, Only God can give us a selfless love for others as the Holy Spirit changes us from within. This is one reason we must receive Christ, for apart from his spirit, we can never be freed from the chains of selfishness, from jealousy and indifference. Will others see Christ's love in your life today? The needs of the world, the cancer, the heartache around us, the violence and the fear in our society Keep calling us to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called with selfless love, humility, commitment, working for wholeness. Will Christ, will others see Christ's love in our life today? Will others see God's purposes for the kingdom in our lives today? Lead a life worthy of the calling, Paul says. The word worthy just jumps off the page at me every time I read it. God has confidence in us. God has called us to put forth our best efforts in living and loving. And God has confidence in us. God has so much confidence that he asks us to step up and to serve and to strive to make the world better. We are called, all of us, to partner with God to bring about God's healing and wholeness in the world. It's always what we do. It's always what we say. It's always what we don't say. Seeking to be worthy. Staying focused on God and God's work in the world. Seeking to be worthy. We carry on with humility and commitment and patience and perseverance. Bearing and serving in Lord in love toward the bond of peace. We definitely should not say everything happens for a reason. We definitely should not say God needed an angel, another angel. High school kids murdered at school. Cancer snatching the life of, of vibrant people. That makes God look sadistic and needy. And angels, according to Christian tradition, are created from scratch, not from dead people. We definitely should not say when my aunt had cancer or when life became tragic for me, when we do that, we may be trying to relate, but that takes the focus away from care and away from compassion and away from support for the one who's suffered and puts it on us and puts it on our journey. So bothered and beat up with the idea that everything happens for a reason, Kate Bowler says, hey, give this a try. Give this a try. See how this works. Instead of saying everything happens for a reason, try this. And I'm quoting her. I would love to bring you a meal this week. Can I email you about that? 
food helps, she says. But maybe it's not food. And in the email, we can learn what would be really helpful. Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe it's an offer to go to the movies. Maybe it's a bunch of YouTube links that will help her laugh and pass the time during her chemo visits. Maybe it's some other gift that really helps and conveys love and care. Or she says, try this. You are beautiful, and we're on your team. Everyone needs to hear they're beautiful. And it's always nice to be spared the request for the long explanation of what's going on or what's happening most recently. It gets tiresome to tell that story. It gets difficult to explain to everyone the latest details and all your feelings. Maybe we shouldn't ask that. Maybe we should just convey love and support. Here's another suggestion from Kate. Don't say anything. Just be there. Just be present. Here's what Kate writes. The truth is that no one knows what to say. Nobody knows what to say. It's awkward. Pain is awkward. Tragedy is awkward. People's weird suffering bodies are awkward. People take the advice of, but, but take the advice of one man who wrote to me with his policy. Show up. Shut up. Paul says, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called with humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. But we're called to go and we're called to convey love and we're called to care. We cannot understand all things, but we can keep working, working for God's purposes of love and wholeness in the world and we can seek to be God's agents with each of our lives God's partners for healing and help even for the coming reign of Christ our Lord friends may it be so may we work as God's partners in the healing of the world amen let us pray Holy God, your light shines. Your light shines even in the darkness, even overcoming all darkness. Shape us, O Lord, as your faithful instruments of healing and light following Jesus. Amen.